Welcome to Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. And now, here's your host, Work Mom. Hello, I'm Lori Jovest, and this is Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. Today I've got a few people with me in the studio. We've got two work kids, Ashley Carbel and Sydney Newton. Say hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. Does it offend you to be called kids? I mean, compared to us, you're kids. No, <laughs> I mean, I think you guys are adults. You're adults. Well, you're an adult. Right. But well, to us, you're kids. We're a kid adult. You In know, context, like a- we are old enough to be their parents. Hey. Too, so that kind of, you know, yeah, right. We kind of straddle the line. Yeah. We're like 50-50. Yeah. There you go. So, Ashley, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, my name is Ashley Carble. I um, am going on 23. Um, I graduated from Michigan State um, about close to a year into my first full-time job um, as a marketing coordinator. And... She's kicking butt at marketing coordinating, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. And Um, Sydney, Sydney, introduce um, yourself. Yeah, I'm Sydney Newton. Um, I'm 24 years old, and I am also in my first year in the marketing industry as a marketing coordinator, and I work with Ashley. Awesome. Okay, and then we've got, of course, our audio dude and color commentator, Randy. I'm Randy. I'm 60 um, years old. (laughs) I went to a trade school. (laughs) He did. I did. I went to Specs Howard in 1977. Uh huh. So we are old enough to be their parents. That's why this whole thing works. Grandparents almost, yeah. Yeah, you hush now. That's enough of that. Um, You're not 60. I know, I'm not. My kids are. My kids are 30. Six and twenty-eight. Yeah, I was a late bloomer. Oh my! My God. son's just getting out of college soon. I hope you get the to this age, this salt and sugar kicking your ass. You might as well just get in the box. <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, looking you for, go ahead with that, Randy. You right, looking go ahead forward to that. that. You go right ahead and do that. So, anyway, we're just getting started here, obviously, and. It's January. January is, uh, we've been a little slow on the uptake. It was, you know, re-entry was really difficult. Anybody else feel that way? I feel like I'm still on vacation. Yeah, same. It's very odd. And we're starting a new decade, too, which I think is really interesting. But somehow it's two weeks into January, and I'm still kind of trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. You know, and what I want to do this year, and, you know, how I want to have this podcast develop over the next so many episodes. So thank you guys for being here with me. Um, I, If you're just starting out in your career, I want to talk a little bit about um, a couple of overarching concepts that are just kind of helpful in the workplace. And if you're just starting out, the most important thing you need to know is that how you think is what will help you get what you want from your job and your career. I have a ton of examples, and even after 30 years in business, I still find myself with these thoughts that get in my way, you know, and if you've ever heard yourself say, I'm reading between the lines, or just the way she said that really bothered me, or someone looked at me funny, or gave me side eye, that kind of thing. If you hear yourself thinking those kinds of thoughts, you might want to reconsider whether they're true or not, because you're making an assumption. And that's a lesson that we all need to learn over and over and over again. And I came across a quote this week, again, I tell everybody, if you want to know what's happening on Work Mom Says, look at my LinkedIn feed, Lori Jovest on LinkedIn, and I kind of save 
thoughts and and articles and things that I want to talk about there. But this quote came up and it's your strongest muscle and your worst enemy is your mind. Train it well. And it's an anonymous quote or an unknown. So there's nobody to attribute it to. But I thought, you know, how many times have I thought somebody wouldn't be interested in talking to me, so I didn't call them. I was a sales rep for a long time, and it's really hard making calls because you assume that the other person doesn't want to hear from you. And 90% of the time, they don't. But there's that one person that will take your call that's worth picking that phone up. You You never know. Exactly. And the thoughts that we hold in our heads that keep us from really reaching the level that we could reach. Mm -hmm. And even myself, I was, you know, talking about um, after this many years in business, being conscious, you know, I think conscious of my conscious of my own thoughts and feelings and having spent 20 something years in the chair at the therapist who else has therapist <laughs> experience. I Raise do. Your hand. Recently. Okay, I think I we've all sat on the couch. All four that of us. Even That's though good. I, I'm aware of it, I still find myself assuming somebody thinks a certain way and then having feelings and then acting based on that. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you the, the most recent one because it lasted a really long time. Um, for six years, I worked in an ad agency called Organic. We will talk about it. It's a great agency. And I didn't get my first job in the advertising world till I was 48 years old. I'm a late bloomer. I worked in production, television production. We always orbited around the ad agencies. We would, you know, sell to them and come in and feed their people and, and show them videos. And that's going to rub off on you. I mean, yeah. you know, advertising people are definitely a unique breed. They are. So, and when you're working with them as a client every day, you're going to yeah. learn their business. Exactly. So, you know, it was a per- perfect landing for it's you. It's really, but it's very youth-oriented. And the ad agencies, when we would come in as you got older and you're in your late 40s and you're calling on ad agency, and you send a a note or an email to the coordinator that's coordinating your screening you know we'd come in and show videos or and you know randy would go with me and we would you know have audio tracks for them to listen to and we'd have video and and everybody was you know 23 25 28 and here we were like yeah the old people ha ha you know making jokes about that and now then you know here i am at 48 getting my first job inside an ad agency and in my head i had convinced myself that I was old, that I wasn't creative enough to be there, that, you know, they kind of didn't really like me because I was old. And I had all these thoughts in my head, and it was so interesting. Now, looking back at it, I wonder how my career there would have been different had I not had those, put those limitations on myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, have you ever done that? You're putting limitations on yourself before anybody even does it to you, you're doing it to yourself? Absolutely. I think... As someone my age, at least in my experience, you kind of come out of college like, I have all of this knowledge and now what? What am I going to be and what am I going to do with this? And you go into the workforce like very insecure because you haven't been there before. You have professionals like yourself at Organic who were you know, older and experienced and knew what they were doing. And we're kind of the opposite spectrum, like just starting out not really knowing what we're doing and you walk into a room and you want the people to respect you and you're kind of like well, am I dressed properly am I you know acting appropriately when do I speak up when should I not speak up I want what I say to be um, important and I don't want to sound like an idiot when I do voice what I'm thinking in a meeting especially with people that do know what they're doing and have been doing it for years so I think at least like I said, in my experience, I've been, I felt exactly like you did, but just 
the opposite side. On the end of the yeah. other end of the spectrum. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because we're we happen to be in advertising, so we're gonna be talking a lot about advertising. But it's it's really common in that industry in particular that there's kind of this dynamic of the older people and the and I don't know what happened to the people in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like there's older people and there's younger people. They they were smart enough to move on to something else early. Something outside of advertising. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, I think you might be right there. Um, but I wanted to do a quick just kind of throw a question out and have everybody take a turn answering it. Um, about that topic, like what do you, do you think, what thought do you have that gets in the way of your success? And how does it get in the way? And how can you maybe, if you have this thinking this far ahead, how can you not have that thought? You know, how can you make that thought, give it less power, I guess? My, Sydney, go ahead. My thought is that I'm always going to fail or I'm not going to do something to the standard that is supposed to be held to and so for me with trying to overcome that it's been mostly about pushing myself a little bit out of that comfort zone and learning that failing is okay because that's how you learn and to learn from your failure and your mistakes Mm -hmm. so yeah that's another that's a big thing I think a lot of people go through is just the fear of failure and the best thing you can do is do your damnedest and do your best on whatever it is you're working on and then present it and see what happens and yes you could fail dramatically but if you didn't try you wouldn't know exactly. and you wouldn't learn what you're going to learn by failing you, yeah. you learn so much by failing randy you look like you have something to say oh not yet i'm, I'm forming my thoughts <laughs> you can, are can you smell something burning oh yeah, yes. yeah exactly but what do you think ashley do you have a specific example or an, a thought that that you think gets in your way um Kind of like what I was saying before, um, am I doing the right thing? And when you're in your career, it's kind of like you're shooting from the hip a little bit. Like you're not exactly sure what the outcome is going to be, and you're just kind of running. What's what's that meme where it's like you're on fire, your hair's on fire, everything's on fire, (laughs) and you're running through the fire? Yes. (laughs) Because that is what starting your career is like right you're just they just drop you in and say okay do do this yes nobody sits down and says okay here's how many times you respond to this email here's how you they don't give you the minutiae they just kind of plop you in Mm -hmm. right and there you have to find a balance between asking for help with everything and kind of using your intuition and i've never been an experience where i'm using my intuition and doing what i think is right and it's not always right you know and it's a hard reality to face but every day's a learning experience yeah and back to that it's not always right what's really funny is another thought that gets in my way is when i think i'm right mm-hmm. you ever have that happen where you're like you are determined yeah. that you are right and then you're like but do i want to die on this hill <laughs> right <laughs> where yeah. you're in a meeting and somebody says something and you just know that you just have to stand and nine times out of ten if i didn't feel the need to be right or feel the need that i know better and just kept my mouth shut, I'd have a lot less stress. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to express your opinion. There's times when you don't have to express your opinion. I mean, when I am absolutely certain of something, like 100%, <laughs> there's no debate. I will defend that point until the end. If it's something like, okay, maybe there's a little room in here, a little forgiveness, I'll, I'll sometimes drop it yeah. and not, you know, fight that battle but um 
I had an experience where I was certain of something and I was kind of going up against a higher level person and I knew it was the right answer and I knew that it would affect us in the end and I just, I kept going with it because I just, yeah, I had to. Uh-huh. You have to defend yourself and... And what happened? I was right. Awesome. Well, all right. Yes. Well, yeah, because you don't, I mean, on one hand, you don't want to compromise the work that you're doing by not standing up for something that you think is the right answer. And on the other hand, you don't want to necessarily be offending that person in an authority position. It's a balancing act. It really is a balancing act. And as I've gotten, the older I get, the less right I am. And the older I get, the (laughs) the more I'm likely to you know kind of clamp my lips and not talk in a meeting if but i've been in some meetings with some conversations that's a whole nother podcast but where conversations are so crazy that you just give up you're mm-hmm. just like you know what i have a really strong opinion and i know i'm right and i you guys do whatever you want to do <laughs> i'm good with that you know because you can't always if you're not the person in power in the meeting you value the relationship more mm-hmm. than you value you're being right that's always the better thing to value the relationship. Back to the idea of what holds you back. Mm-hmm. I still have things that hold me back. One of those is um, it's not the fear of failure. It's the fear of um, transparency. They see through me. I'm not oh. as good as the next guy or girl. I'm okay. not as good at what I do as so-and-so. Oh, I have that. I, when we were first doing this podcast, I keep going back to that, that we were going to another place because they had free podcast day and we recorded. But before we recorded, we met with the owner and he talked about how your first 10 podcasts are going to suck. Everybody's does. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. Because he basically gave us permission to suck. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to suck. Don't be afraid to fail because that's how you grow. That's how you learn, you know, and it really stuck with me, and even though I, I can be really hesitant on putting something I did out there into the world, if it's a new effort like a book or something like a podcast like this, it's I can hesitate, but that really kind of gave me permission to just kind of lob this over into the world and see what happened. So this week's topics, that was just our introduction, believe it or not. We're going to run long yeah, I'm today. cut that short. Okay. You <laughs> is getting unstuck and how do you know when it's time to go? And these are really two common things that come up as you're, I mean, no matter where you are in your career, you're, there are times you're going to feel stuck and there's going to be times when you're trying to figure out what's my next move. Do I stay where I am? Do I move on to something else, something different? And so I came across a meme on LinkedIn that I absolutely loved. And this can appear or can apply to anything from your career to your health habits, you know, anything. And it's you're not stuck. You're just committed to a certain pattern of behavior because they help you in the past. Now, these behaviors have become more helpful than no more harmful than helpful. The reason why you can't move forward is because you keep applying an old formula to a new level in your life. Change the formula to get a different result. So I really love that because you're not, there's a lot of times we feel stuck, but we're never really stuck. You choose what you do and that determines what you get, period. And I remember reading a Jack Canfield book, The Success Principles, and this was probably about 10 years ago. And he said, the line that really got me was that you are 100% responsible for what happens in your life. It's not your fault. 
yeah. but you are responsible for how you respond to it. Exactly. That's, I think that's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. But it, it took me a while to wrap my head around it. It kind of pissed me off. Yeah, because you want to react and go, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. It's my, like, you know, my, exactly. I, didn't, I didn't cheat on my wife. She cheated on me. Exactly. That's her fault. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's not my fault. He didn't turn into an asshole until after right. I married him. <laughs> <laughs> he was really great before I married him. That was not my fault. Well, now oh, I can God. look back on that marriage and go, yeah, you know what? I contributed. Yeah. We all contribute to everything we're in. So basically what I wanted to talk about today is just kind of um, you decide the pattern that you're living in and the habits that you have. You may not love where you are, but are you really stuck or are you just focused on what's not working? And I I used to work at a, a place, a production studio, a great big production studio in Metro Detroit for, I don't know, five years, I think, when I was in my 30s. And I some of the people there were kind of mean. It was one of those environments where people were always kind of competing for the boss's attention. And whoever had the boss's attention was the golden child. And if you didn't have the boss's attention, you know, you would kind of do something to get him over here to look at you or whatever. And there was a lot of really... There were a lot of communication issues, communication issues, which we have everywhere, and some people that just weren't very nice. And I remember when there was a time when the production manager, who was further up the food chain than I was, we were having a big party on the the campus of the production studio, and the president had decided that his people, his production guys that weren't going to be working that day, were going to be painting. Well, tell a bunch of camera guys, audio guys, lighting guys that you don't have to work tomorrow. We know you work 10-hour days, and you may, might have worked eight days last week and, you know, 10 days the week before, you know, and you are just and you have this one day off. You're going to paint. Wear your scrubby clothes. We're going to have you painting because we're having a big party for the clients. They were so mad. Well, I was in marketing. So, you know, who did they yell at? They came to me to yell. They aren't going to yell at the president. They yelled at me. And I... Remember, because you had put the party together, this was your I fault. Because I was putting the party together, and I was an easy target. Oh, you know, wow. I was a kid. I was, you know, he could come yell at me, and it would be okay. So the production manager, he's retired now. I don't think he'll hear this podcast. <laughs> called, yelled at me, and actually made me cry. I was like, he's like, well, how am I going to tell these guys that they're going to, you know, they blah blah blah, and all the stuff the president should hurt. And I just went, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. And I started crying and hung up the phone. <laughs> And then I grabbed my purse, and I grabbed, you know, and I headed out the door and told my assistant. We I had an assistant back then. They had assistants at one point in time. Now we all do our own assistant work, so there is no such thing. Um, but I told her, I'll be back in a couple of hours. I just have to, I had to figure this out, you know. And I, and when are you coming back? I don't know exactly. I'll, I, I'll call you later, you know, and I stomp off to my car. And I went to a little downtown area that had this beautiful antique store and I wandered around. I just like had to get out of there because you know it was a real hectic and really chaotic environment. And um, and I found a book and the book said, was called How to Love the Job You Hate. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I think I need this book. Because at this point I'd only been at this company for about two years. And I was re- had really had it with the infighting between the teams and the the weird you know gossipy kind of behavior the culture that they had, and but I found that book and I went you know this is really interesting. I took I sat at a coffee shop and read for an hour. By the time I read that book for an hour, I felt better. I went back to the office, and I was fine because the book talked a lot about what are you getting out of where you are. 
So if you're you have a job and you're thinking that you're stuck and you need to get out of there or you know oh I just can't handle it, um, you're not necessarily stuck and you're also looking at that situation potentially in a way that could make you feel like shit, make you feel horrible, make you feel like you don't want to be there. So I ended up, you know, um, going back to the office, I ended up reading this book and, and really kind of studying the concepts behind it. It was one of my, my first experiences with personal growth as it relates to work. And I'll never forget it because it really said you, you can think about where you are in a different way and love the job you hate. And then a couple, you know, fast forward 10 years, there was a young woman that worked for me at the television production studio. And she used to say, if you don't have what you love, love what you have. And I loved that saying. I mean, what does that mean to you? Uh, it means to me the CSN song, love the one you're with. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, you don't, uh, if, if you don't have the one you love, then love the one you're with. Sorry. Yeah. It's Steven I get, Stills. Yeah. I mean, it's a good I, attitude. Oh, yeah, I get it. But. I get it. Um, I'll jump in. I actually really love this topic um, because I had a similar experience. I read a book, too, that really changed my perspective and, and totally changed my life, actually. It was called You Can Heal Your Life. And Oh, I've heard of that book. By Louise Hay. Yeah. And I was going through a really bad time, um, and my mom sent it to me, and I read it cover to cover. And she really talks about how the power is in the present and you can reshape your life by reshaping your thoughts. So along the lines of what you're saying, um, and if you change a thought like, wow, I really hate my job, my boss hates me, you know, I'm overweight, I'm ugly, I'm not smart, and you, you change those thoughts to, I have a great job, my boss loves me, I'm really smart. I can be whatever body shape you know I want to. I have the power to change my life and the course of my life. There's this theory that you bring to yourself what you put out. Right. And I do think our thoughts shape a lot of what we internalize and what we experience and then ultimately what's drawn to us. You know, And if you're saying, this job is horrible and I'm failing. Then you're creating more of this job is horrible and more failing. Correct. With those thoughts. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's a little woo-woo in a way. Mm -hmm. Some people would say, oh, that's, you know, it's that's It's the mag secret. That's it's the magical thinking. But I don't know, and I've, I've read a lot of things like that. I also have heard that your brain believes whatever it whatever you tell it whether it's there or not. And I had a girlfriend that does hypnosis therapy and she we were sitting in a in a you know a, a, like having coffee across the table and she said let me show you what your brain your brain believes whatever you tell it. And she started to describe this really juicy lemon. And my mouth started watering. I'm like there you go. There's proof right there that your brain believes whatever you tell it. So if you tell it that you're going to fail, that you're awful, that you're, you know, then it's going to create more of those things, you know. It, so you can look at it like, you know, law of attraction, which I think there are, you know, you, you get what you put out. And then there's also your brain, you, you think 60,000 thoughts a day, they say, and your brain believes them. I used to. <laughs> then, <laughs> I'm lucky to get six in a day now. <laughs> the older you get, the less you think. <laughs> so when... A couple of years ago, I used to work um, in a retail job, and I loved it. And then two months in, I absolutely hated it, and I felt super stuck. 
and I convinced myself it was so awful and everything had changed and it really didn't. It was me who, like, my thought process was completely different. And so I sat down with someone that I worked with over lunch and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so done with this and I just need to get out of here. And she kind of talked me through it like, well, maybe try changing your mindset these next five days or next five shifts and see if it changes, see if you change your mind. And I went home and I really thought about that. And the next day I kind of went in with a different attitude, like I'm going to do so well, like I'm going to sell this amount and all different kinds of stuff. And I actually was really happy and I ended up staying and moving up and doing really well. So it was... So you're not stuck. You think that you're stuck at an early stage in your career that you have to stay and you have to put in those X amount of months or years to show for your next job or your resume to make you credible and you think that you you have to stay. You can't right. go anywhere, but really that's not the case. You're making yourself feel stuck and you're able to be unstuck and you're deciding yeah to stay i think I mean, a lot a of thing. your upbringing also makes you feel stuck like these thoughts that are put into your head yes maybe by parents maybe by people that influence your life like you know you have to live in this location you have to go down this career path you have to be this type of person and then you don't see options maybe beyond that right but i mean I think one of the most exciting things about life is that you can do anything. You like the limits. There are no limits to what you can do. You can pick up and move one day. You know, pending that you have that ability. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's easier to do when you're young. Yeah, when you do put it down, now, once you, yeah, once you do move it now. around, have fun, um, <laughs> because there comes a time when you begin to put down roots. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody does that. Children. Yeah, oh, if children you have, have if you, roots, yeah, so. if you get married, you have kids. Those are those are the kind of roots and you buy a house and then you're stuck but it's it is scary to do that too because you feel like you're going to fail you have that thought of failure like if i move and i start over all over you feel like you're starting over again Uh and what if i don't meet anyone or what if i don't like my job or there's always what ifs and you create that scenario that you are going to fail yeah, I have a history about every nine years of changing everything. It's so funny. Until I married my current husband. But when I was in my 20s, it was about that I made a, I would make a big change of new car, new job, new boyfriend, new apartment. <laughs> and then about nine years later, new car, new job, new husband, new apartment, no, new house. <laughs> so My t- timetable for that is about every three years yeah, right now. Yeah, I mean, agree. it'll get longer. See, like I've got the same house the same husband for 19 years now so i think we're i think we're pretty rooted down so we're probably all right but yeah i do agree with that piece of advice so so we're talking about being stuck the other the thing i wanted to to get into next is if you are in a job and you feel stuck and you think you need to go how do you know when it's time Okay, this is a teachable moment. Another teachable moment. That's what I like to call a teachable moment. Brought to you by Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. A teachable moment here, people. How do you know when it's time to go? And one of the things that I've always said to everyone, and I've always used this as my own little gauge too, is when you feel like you've learned everything you're going to learn and you don't see a growth opportunity, 
it's time to move on. Um, and even if, and put it this way, if you don't move on, sometimes the universe will step in and move you on f- for you. <laughs> and that happened to me. Um, we were talking earlier about a, a position I'd had for 11 years. And I just started complaining to my husband about, I don't know, about six months earlier before I got let go, that I felt like a 10-year-old in a six-year-old's dress. Because I felt so, like I had already learned everything I was going to learn there, and I needed more. But I was so comfortable, I wanted to stay. And I had that idea in my head, if you're not learning anymore, but I kind of convinced myself that, yeah, I'm managing more people, I'm, you know, doing more things. So I'm kind of learning more, but I really wasn't. And I ended up getting let go. And it was so traumatic. I mean, it was just, I told my son at the time, I think he was about 10. It was like, it's like you live somewhere and you go there every single day. And then one day you go and they've changed the locks and you don't get to go there anymore. And it was just like, oh my God, I was so heartbroken. And it had been time for me to move on for probably a couple of years, but I wasn't willing. You know, I wasn't willing. I was able, I wasn't willing. And so that a good time to go is if you really aren't learning anything else. If you're learning leaps and bounds and all kinds of amazing things that are going to serve you in your career, and you know, it, it might serve you to stay there a lot longer. As long as there's a career trajectory, you're learning and you're not being abused because there are times when the environment is toxic and it is time to, to move on. And I'll tell you about a couple of those because sometimes people, young people feel like they have to stay in a position to have a you know three-year stint on the resume for a current, a future employer. Um, when you don't feel good about what you're doing, um, if you're in an in environment where there's gambling, alcohol, where you feel anxious all the time, there are people in work environments that certain types of personalities will just feel anxious all the time. Don't live that way. First, get yourself to a counselor, but don't just live that way. Because if you're having anxiety at high levels that are that are getting in the way of your normal functioning, there's something wrong. So that's something to look at. If you're being asked to do things that are illegal or immoral or to overlook things that are illegal <laughs> or immoral, you want to move on. Run. I mean, Run seriously. Um, I have worked in environments where there were things that were going on that were a little shady. And in those cases, you've got to get the heck out so that you don't get sucked into it. And it's surprising, especially with smaller businesses, if you've got, you know, 50 to 250 people on board, some of those, you know, there might be regulations, but some of the regulations won't be followed as closely. Some things can happen. You want to keep an eye on that. If you have a narcissistic boss who wants to sleep with women in on the team, you want to walk away from that one. And sometimes in order to get a promotion, you have to leave because your current employer knows your strengths, but they also know your weaknesses. And so if you are in a position where you're just dying for that next promotion and they just will not give it to you, sometimes you have to move on to get that promotion because a new employer is only going to see your strengths. And the weaknesses that you tell them, which, of course, you're going to disguise as strengths. <laughs> if you if you go to the Lori School of Interviewing, that's what you'll do. So it's it's there are times when you're not stuck. You need to leave, you know. And those are the kind of situations that they're pretty cut and dried. They're pretty, you know, easy to describe, you know, immoral, illegal, toxic. You know, those are, those are reasons to get out. So... Wrapping up, I found a quote. I like to, I love to use quotes to wrap up the show. Is compassion binds us to one another, not in a pity or patronizingly, 
but as human beings who have learned how to turn our con- common suffering into hope for the future. I love that. I love that having compassion. And having compassion for mean people at the office, having compassion for crabby people that mm-hmm. are customers that will make you crazy, um, having compassion and thinking about people with compassion um, makes a real difference in how easy it is to be more successful in the office. So anyway, that wraps us up for this episode. If you have any suggestions for topics we should cover or people we should interview, please um, connect with me on LinkedIn, Lori Joe Vest. And that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Work Mom Says... Don't be an idiot. For more information, you can email Work Mom at L-O-R-I WorkMomSays.com. That's Lori at WorkMomSays.com. And remember... <sighs> don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot.